Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And we are track walking. Today is the first podcast we have recorded in a couple weeks. Uh, and Seth and I actually just saw each other last week at Grid yeah, Life. We spent the whole weekend together. Grid Life NOLA Bayou Bash. And yeah, we spent almost three days together. And we didn't record a single podcast when we <laughs> saw each other in person. <laughs> in our own defense, we did, uh, well, at least I was in bed by, I think, 8.30 both nights I was there. You did go to um, bed early. I went to bed super early. And I would love to blame that on the fact that my daughter was with me. But the truth is, uh, I was incredibly tired and I was ready to go to bed. And it was super um, rainy Saturday, too, which it was rainy doesn't help anything. Gross. Yeah. So today, oh, but that, yeah, tonight let's talk today. we're going to talk about what we didn't do at NOLA, which is success. <laughs> we were not successful in recording a podcast. Yes, that's true. We did not successfully report, record a podcast. I think there's other things we did successfully, which is the, yes. the nature of success is uh, either uh, setting the bar low lets you have great <laughs> success yeah. yeah or or choosing choosing those things with which you be can be successful yes is important um but go on what's your definition what are we what are we trying to talk about here? well the first thing i kind of want to take a look at is success generally is what we think of as like the end goal success is the trophy at the end it's the checkered flag it's the um it's reaping the rewards at the end. But I think what the front side of that, what happens before the success is desire. We have to desire something and then success is at the other side of that. Does that make sense? So it's the achieve yeah, the achievement of a desire. Yes. So we could sort of define we could define success in that way. Absolutely. On board with that. All right. So and I do believe that all of us in almost any, every aspect of our lives are actually driven by desire. And success, we believe, is right on the other side of that. If you chase your desire, you will be, hopefully, anyway, successful at it. And so there are a few different ways that we can look at this desire and what we actually desire. And this is going to get a little weird, a little heady, and we're barely like four minutes into this. So, um, <laughs> all right. So the the first thing is that we desire the desire of those we desire. I'm going to say That's it one true. more time. I, no, no, I I got it. Yeah. Explain it to the listeners, but I got this. <laughs> Explain it to those guys. Yeah. So we we desire the desire of those we desire. So we want it's not enough for us to love somebody. We want that person we love to love us in return. That's what we really want. So it's right. not so much that we even love that person, but we want them to want us. We desire right. them there's the, to desire the, there's us. There's there's a very classic there's the I want you to want me yeah. song. Yes. Yeah. That 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 speaks that's that's this whole thing right here. Yeah. 
I want you to want me. Who knew that they were philosophers? I who knew? <laughs> they probably knew. They. <laughs> and somebody who somebody who listens to this needs to remind me who that actually is, even though I've heard the song fifty thousand times. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna guess. I'm gonna get it wrong, and I'm sure a lot yeah. of a lot of people are yelling at their uh, radios right now. Okay, so so we need, so, we we desire the desire of those we desire. Bingo. So okay. Ultimately, it's like who do we want? to be successful for who is this one that we desire it's we actually don't want an object um in success like at the backside of that desire we don't want a thing we want someone we want the desire of the person we want the person itself it's not the the trophy the trophy doesn't matter the the checkered flag doesn't matter it's what those symbolize it's what those represent that's important so ultimately the, yeah go ahead the the, er, the early stages of this is sort of like when you want your parents to be proud of you that kind of thing 100 percent Okay, so that's that's the first, and that extends to, like, uh, if you go race cars, I want Jabay to be proud of how I raced today. <laughs> that kind of thing, right? Yeah, do not disappoint Adam. He, uh, he's right. a, he becomes a very sad boy when you, uh, when you depress him. Right. So, so yeah, and, and, and just to reiterate this, it's not what's ultimately at stake here is not your desire of another person what you want is their desire so almost what you're feeling and what's pulling you is secondary where the goal is that you want them to desire you so that's the first way that we are driven by this desire that everybody has second way is that we can desire what the other person desires, whether that's, uh, it could be us, it could be a job promotion, it could be a raise, it could be running that marathon that they've always wanted to, whatever that one is. And that almost turns into uh, jealousy or envy of what that person desires. So you're not so much interested that they desire you, but you're trying to mirror what their desire already is. Does that make sense? Uh, maybe. Um, so if I'm, l I'm slightly confused, it, like like so, I go run a marathon because my wife was a collegiate runner. You are and so yes. Okay. So you are essentially learning from others how they define success. And you are simply right. taking that on yourself. Okay. So that would explain why I ran a half marathon because it makes no <laughs> sense at all. Except for the fact that my wife was a collegiate runner. And okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, dude, somebody's got to be running after me with a knife or something to get me to, to run very far. <laughs> <laughs> or, no, I lied. The only thing that will get me to run is if I'm at a grid life event and there's a windstorm coming imminently and I'm on the other side of paddock. 
that will get me to run very quickly. Yeah, but but ideally you should train for that. You should train for grid life windstorms so that you're ready for them. Converse All-Stars are not an ideal running shoe, I can tell you that. <laughs> they are not. So They're not. I've, so if the... Oh, I'm sorry. You cut off for a second. So, so the first thing is we desire the desire of the ones that we desire. The second one is that we desire what they desire instead of trying to have some sort, instead of trying to get them to desire you, you are simply taking on what they desire and maybe even the success and achievement that comes as a result of that. With me still? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The I, want, third, I want to know where you're going. Yeah. I, want, I want number three here. So the third and final way, um, and we, I think we all know this one when we see it, is that some of us have the desire simply to frustrate the other's desire. <laughs> and this is a real thing. So where, where the first one is seeking that the other desire us, and the second one is simply trying to mirror or envy or become jealous of what the other person desires. The third one is simply taking the other's desire and just becoming a roadblock to it. Like our <laughs> desire is simply to frustrate and block the other person from their desire. And we get some... I feel like I could... I could totally do that with this podcast tonight. Oh, when I could just derail this. <laughs> you want to be serious, and I, I'm not going to. But that's the first thing I think of. Yeah. Is, oh man! Yeah. Let's see this in motion. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. And and I think you see this sometime where, um, you know, some people will crush somebody else's. Uh, success or somebody else's desire you know they'll um, you know the the last podcast that aired as of this recording was the uh, love to lose podcast right and oh my god I forgot where I was going with this my brain's going too fast tonight anyway yeah I'll just well I mean I mean you you certainly have you certainly we've all been in in races or competition events where where somebody beat us more than was necessary yes like like they didn't need to beat us that bad to prove a point or to win but they beat us that badly just to prove a point yes that's a perfect way to say it exactly yeah it's it's not enough to to recognize what you wanted to do oh you wanted to win here oh you wanted to perform well cool i'm going to perform well and i'm going to show you that your desire to even perform well is an absurd pursuit (laughs) (laughs) really rough really rough yeah you'll see this in teenagers a lot actually just trying to do the exact opposite because that's what you said that you wanted to do i have many teenagers of my own and yes that's (laughs) that is exactly correct and and some people just kind of stay there 
uh, throughout their yeah. lives. They just stay in that counteractive uh, anti. It's not protagonist. It's anti-tag. No, that's not. I'm an. Eng- I used to be an English teacher. I should know this. Yeah, you should know this. I'm yeah. I'm an engineer, so or what I wasn't. I used to be an engineer in the used way that be. you used to be an, en- an yeah. English teacher. So, so uh, I in shouldn't know lifetime. any of this. Yeah. So, <laughs> so essentially, so if we talk about desire as the thing that leads us towards success, then we have to understand if we really look at these things, the success is not an endpoint that when we desire the desire of those we desire, sometimes we realize that we don't desire that anymore once we get it, once we actually succeed and achieve that person loving us, all of a sudden we're like, oh, I don't don't want this. Like this is (laughs) something that I want. (laughs) Or you you get that backpack from Jubei that yeah, you ran a really clean race. It was perfect. Awesome. But then you've got another race. <laughs> and you have to right. do it again. You got to do it again. Well, that 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 shows that this is like you say it's not an endpoint. It's something that needs to be continually refreshed. It's a it's a bucket that needs to be filled. Um because it doesn't just it's not a thing you get one time. It's a thing you have to create over and over. Right. And and, you know, even the desire, I mean, the, the whole idea of wanting the desire of somebody else, that's a form of control we've never had. You don't get to tell somebody what they want or what they desire. Right. We don't have that. We don't have that juju. We don't have that magical ability to be able to do that. And not to mention, but, you know, we don't know their desires any better than they do. I mean, if you think that you know what you desire, you're probably wrong. <laughs> you're probably barking up a tree that... Well, in what way? I mean, I mean, most of us think that, that like, when we bring this back to racing, we would say, you know, I, I have a desire to, to win, right? I sure. want to win this thing um and who like who are you to tell me that that's not true i i really do want to win i put a yes. whole year's worth of effort into it etc cetera, etc cetera. um Be- and i i would agree that that the secondary thing is which you know being able to tell somebody else they want to win that's something you can't do but i can tell myself i want to win can't i sure absolutely but <laughs> okay. i think you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think that winning because winning isn't going to satisfy you. Winning is not yep. going to fulfill that desire. It's not going to bring you the success and the achievement that you hope it does. So winning isn't actually what you truly desire. That's a stopgap. What's And if we kind of carry that through, ultimately, I mean, we're talking about the grass is greener sort of an idea. Yeah, yeah. Is that once I do this, once I achieve victory, once I beat my opponents, once I set my new personal best, then what, things will change? 
I'll be a different person. I I I don't know what 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 do you tell yourself when you think of a milestone or about success that once I get here, once I achieve this, then what? Well, this is where I'm going to I'm going to mention to you that I come at success from a a different place. Yes. Um you know this, but not everybody who's listening to here knows this. Um, I'm a stay-at-home dad. Um, I've been a stay-at-home dad for 18 and a half years now. So 18 and a half years ago, I quit my job. And quitting your job to raise kids is ego-destroying in a lot of ways. Um, mm -hmm. Because you, you, you grow up and you go to school and you do all this thing with the idea of success in employment and making money and like everything has a very defined this is successful in the path of life right you know you you do this you go to college you get a job you make money the money's the it really is a big part of it yeah um and then all of a sudden you voluntarily set every single bit of that aside and and that is that that takes away your own success and puts it on someone else. Um, your job is to help other people achieve mm. their success. Yeah. Um, in my case, my wife um, staying at her job and she is is wildly successful by any metrics of employment. Um, or your children, which is to make sure they you know do things like stay alive and learn things and in their way become successful and i always say you know parenting is is an outcome based uh proposition like you really only get to judge things when your kids are actually uh, you know adults and grown and yep. have become successful in their own right and but but none of that that's all helping other people get success so it's helping my wife be successful and helping my children be successful and i don't look at that any of that is my success. I don't really have success in in this thing that has been the most important part of my life. The only thing I have is not screwing it up. So do you do you see where I'm coming from so, there? So isn't that just another way of saying success? Just calling it anti-success? Yeah, Maybe it is. So, so that's it. I'm trying. I'm trying not to mess up. My success is not messing up other people's success, which is creating an environment for them to be successful, which is not creating an environment for them not to be successful. Right? Like so. Like not being a bad dad is the biggest part of being a good dad. Hmm. See that, and and it's the same thing. A lot of a lot of ways, not being like not being a terrible spouse is the biggest part of being a good spouse. Like, don't do all those self-destructive things that would make my wife's life miserable. Sure. And but at some and point, that's all I have to. But at some point, don't you have to define what that is, though? I mean, you you can say like, don't be a bad dad, don't be a bad spouse. But at some point, you have to you know you have to you know, stop walking backwards and actually turn around to look where you're going at a certain point. So at some point, don't you have to say something instead of using negative statements, don't do this or don't be this, <laughs> don't be that guy who cuts people off and blocks going into turn three. 
Right. You have to you have to say, I'm going to be this kind of driver. I'm going to be the kind of driver, the kind of spouse, the kind of father. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't know if you do. Like if you apply that to racing, maybe you just need to not be the guy who dive bombs people and not, you know, like all I have to do is by not being a bad racer, I become a good racer. Can you do that? I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't you think, think you have so. to actively I do. You think you have to Okay. And I and I I'm not sure that you would need to consciously make a list, but I think subconsciously somewhere in there you lay out a spe- a few specific things that you're going to do. Because if you can say don't dive bomb going into turn three, you could just not go to the track. That's a way of not dive bombing going into turn three. That's true. That's true. Um, you could take up, I don't know, yachting, <laughs> whatever dumber <laughs> kind of hobby there is other than race cars. Nobody's nobody around here has yacht money. We're not uh, yachting. <laughs> it's, it's one of the few sports dumber than race cars is owning a boat. It is. I I I do have the whenever whenever I'm doing race car money, I I always do that. Well, at least it's not an airplane. Fact. So fact. <laughs> so here's. So ultimately, like if we kind of talk about this, there's always the one more step one more step and I I want to get back to kind of what you were talking about here in a minute and give you space to do that Um, but I think this might relate to that a little bit is ultimately I think if we're talking about constantly needing once you fill up the bucket you realize you've got to dump it back out and start all over again Sisyphus roll up the rock have it fall down. I think the buck. I think the bucket dumps itself out no matter what. <laughs> it probably I, and, does. And I'm not even. I'm not even being negative. It's got but, leaks in it. It's got holes in it. All it's yeah. It's, it's we got a life is a leaky bucket, man. But I think ultimately, like if as we talk about the desire leading towards at least this perceived success is, is if we can never get success by the end of it, I think we need to redefine sex. I'm sorry. <laughs> success <laughs> as the satisfaction to make the effort so instead of defining success as like an outcome or an endpoint or even like a page turn the satisfaction needs to be the effort the struggle the late nights the crying with your your kids in just doing the work of it, not okay. trying to get yeah, anywhere. But so, right. so in our bucket analogy, which, you know, um, so instead of like having success being filling the bucket, what about success is just continuing to pour water into it? Yeah, so success is is all of the things that, that it requires to, to just get to a race and through a race and and get the car back on the trailer again. Yeah. Do do the work for the work's sake. Like not to do the work and to do all the prep and all the mental 
aspects of racing and to spend all the money to try to get somewhere. But you spend the money, you do the work, the late nights, because that's what racing is. <laughs> I mean, you can have the results, you can have those good moments, but a lot of times you won't, too. I mean, if racing's not the hardship and it's not the sharing the the ups and downs with the people in the paddock and your friends, I mean, what... I feel like you're going to have a really tough time. Right. Yeah. And that, that goes back to the thing we talked about where if, if you have to win to be happy, you're going to be an awfully miserable racer. Yeah. Even if you win all the time, I feel like that's just going right. to be rough. <laughs> so we can be okay. So that, that goes to the, the defining your own success. And I think I said this earlier before the podcast, like set the bar low and you'll definitely achieve it. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but ultimately, I think I think it's just taking away the bar completely. Just not even having a standard or something you're trying to reach, just like just do do the work, just do the thing rather well, now than it sounds like we're just getting a now we're just getting a participation trophy. Is that what we're doing? From others or from yourself? I don't think it matters. I think if you're worried... I, what I hear often when people use that, like getting a participation trophy, I think why it's looked down upon is that it's it's seen as something that somebody else gives everybody just because they okay. they showed up. But I think, again, were you just to do the work, to do what you desire to do and that in and of itself is very difficult i think to actually figure out is what you desire but if right. you just do what you desire i don't even think do you want an award for that i mean i think that the work and doing the things that you would be doing anyway i think is the reward in and of itself you don't even need the participation award. I mean, if you want to give it to yourself, fine. But I think at that point it'd be meaning meaningless because it's just, it's the water you swim in. Of course it's wet. Right. Yeah. I mean, getting a, getting a 14th place trophy uh, for getting 14th place in a, in a race almost devalues the nature of giving out trophies. Yeah, sure. So in, in, and so if somebody said, cool, we're going to give, you know, we had, we had to, 14 people in the races we're going to give out trophies one through 14 it doesn't it doesn't just devalue it devalues all the trophies really true um and, I, and because that's it, it sort of makes not not one is better than any other yeah and i i think that's part of what i appreciate about um the gltc podium and things like that is they've got cool trophies um, and they do, you know, some tire contingencies if you're on those one type of tire. But we're not right. giving out, like, huge cash prizes. They're not giving out uh, hardly anything. I, I think one year they did, like, shift knobs for uh, trophies. <laughs> and this year they, they did wood, like, really sweet wood trophies. But, like, that's it. Right. They're not... You know, if again, like if if you're trying to reach 
this point. So if you're trying to reach podium to get those things, I think I think you've missed the point. <laughs> yeah. There's certainly the the payback isn't quite there. No. I mean, these uh, I have to believe that that entire field if they showed up and they said, "Oh yeah, by the way, no trophies at all." Everybody would be like, "Cool, we're racing anyway." Yeah. 100%. So it's not Yeah. It's I mean, I think it would be a nice acknowledgement, but I think ultimately as we talk about, you know, the whole success and what you desire, your desire is to do the work and to do the best you can. And if right. in that particular race, the best you can happens to be better than those around you, awesome. I mean, that'd be great. Right. But you were, you were just doing what you could. You were doing the work. You were doing the mental game. You were doing the, the timing and with the car placement versus the car in front of you or the car behind you, you're just doing the work. So maybe we should take away trophies. <laughs> Is that the takeaway? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, like everybody except for the first place guy is trying to pass somebody. Sure. Like, it doesn't matter if you're if you're twelfth trying to pass the eleventh place guy, or you're sixth trying to pass the fifth place guy, or second trying to pass the first place guy. It's all the same. It really is all the same thing. Ex, you know, except for the scoring at the end, right? That's the, the only difference is how we count your position at the end. We're, you're, except for the first place guy who is either trying to run away from it or is, is driving going, oh, God, don't pass me. Oh, God, don't pass me, which is a different, a completely different feeling. Um, yes. Everybody's <laughs> doing the same thing out there. Yeah. So. But I'm... I, by me at the root of it, even though the circumstances are different, I think everyone's trying to do the best that they can where they are. And right. sure, the tactics may change. Uh, car placement, you know, you might drive defensively versus offensively, but ultimately you're trying to do the best with where you are on track, your car prep, your mental prep, and trying to play jazz with everybody else around you. <laughs> Which is, uh, when we go back to life, everybody is hopefully trying to do the best at where they are. Hopefully. Right? Yeah. So that's that's the idea is, you know, you don't, you don't show up and do somebody else's job. You show up and do your job. Um, you don't go home to somebody else's relationship. You go home to your relationship. That's good. Um, even though it's, you know, it, it's all the same thing, right? Like, like I come home and I have people to take care of and you go home and you have people to take care of. So we're doing the same thing, um, but it's mine yeah. and yours is yours. And, and on yeah. the racetrack, it's a, it's a similar thing, right? It's we're, we're all doing the same thing. We're all trying to race the guy in front of us and the guy behind us. And, um, and yeah, you're right. Success is just managing to, to, in in some ways, success is just managing to do that well, to do that to a to a standard that we are happy with. Yes. Um. And and to some extent, to the the people around us are happy with. Um. If I'm super happy with a race I had, but I happen to have have sideswiped two people on the way to my fifth place finish, um. It's hard. 
I don't know. It's going to be hard for everybody else to look at that as successful. Sure. Um, so depends on which race series you're in. <laughs> this is true. This is true. We're 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 if we're racing a, spec Miata, we yeah. got a we we got a, a style. It's a little more acceptable in places not called GLTC. Right. For being us. But to be fair, I also haven't raced anywhere else other than GLTC. I just see what I see on TV live streams and stuff like that. Right. And I've never actually raced a car since I only race motorcycles and running into each other on motorcycles has gigantic consequences for everyone involved. Um, so in ways that, that cars don't quite. Well, now you're racing go-karts, so that's cool. Uh, I will be racing go-karts. So far, I've just driven them on track with other people, and you know, I'm trying to, to get a handle on driving them, and they're utterly horrifying, and I have no idea what I've gotten myself into. So uh, I did realize, so for everybody who's listening, I uh, I have a friend of mine that I that I talked into endurance racing motorcycles with us. And the flip side of that was that I then have to do a four hour uh, go-kart endurance race with him later this, this fall because Surprise. we're not in the other season yet. And so we're going to race in uh, a Briggs and Stratton 206 kart, which is kind of the slowest, uh, you know, eight and a half horsepower thing but uh the card he wants me to drive to get used to going fast is his uh rotax dd2 cart which is a two-speed 125 cc um two-stroke cart which instead of having eight and a half horsepower has about 30 horsepower it's so fast and and it's so fast it is i have no idea what i've gotten myself into I'm sure we'll talk about this later on. Uh, right now, my eyes are as big as saucers, and I have bruises in various parts of me because go-karts try to kill you all the time. Seems like it. Um, and I realized last night when I was falling asleep, I, I went, holy cow, I was going 74 miles an hour into the braking zone just sitting in a plastic seat, hoping that everything goes okay. Two, two inches off the ground. Two inches off the ground. Um, so, yeah, I have, I have no idea what success in go-karts will possibly mean. I think staying alive through the whole thing will be my measure of success and not going so slow that they kick me off the team. There you go. Um, I am setting very low bars for success <laughs> in my go-kart racing career. Just take the bars um, away totally. Just take them away. Take the bars away totally. So. I'm going to show up. I'm going to breathe and... Uh, well, that's even that's lower. That's lowering the bar even more. I didn't even take it away. Yeah, except except what I figured out uh, driving this cart last time is if you exhale sort of early in the corner, the cart is pressing on your rib cage so hard you really can't <laughs> inhale again until you get to a straightaway. Oh. And I told my friend that he goes, "Oh yeah, you have to do like like jet breathing. You have to sort of pick where you're going to breathe." Because otherwise your breathing gets all messed up and you forget how to breathe right. What's your friend's name? Scott. S oh, uh, of course that, it is. That, that's got... <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Actually, the story with that is we were pretty sure his name was Scott for a while. He's got a, a garage at the go-kart track and we talked to him a bunch. So for, I don't know, five or six months we called him Maybe Scott. So, all right. Um, all right. And that was to distinguish him from you, who are definitely Scott. Uh, and when I have conversations with my wife, that's how I, I uh, definitely and maybe is 
whether it's maybe Scott or definitely Scott. That's <laughs> <laughs> so here we can do a, a, a brief freestyle here. So okay. we, we mentioned briefly and kind of glided right past it about finding out what we desire. So if success isn't really even a term we want to use, if it, we just want to focus on doing the desire, how do we find okay. out or how do you find out what you desire? How do you know what you want? Because like I said, I think it's actually much harder than just saying, oh, I, I want a good life. I want to make a reasonable amount of money. I want my 2.5 kids, blah, blah, blah. Or I want to win this series. I want to build the baddest car that's ever been seen. Like how, how, how do you know what you want? Like at the, at the root of it all, what do you think? I think, well, I think that, I mean, the, the people who are actually that I know that are like successful, um, who you look at, who, who have, you know, multi-million dollar bank accounts and houses and race cars and do all those things. And you look at that dude and you're like, dude is successful. They will all tell me that it's about goal setting. Like you have to pick a thing and set a goal and achieve that, which is not really my jam. It's not really what I do. Um, and I never really have. Um, and I don't know if that's because the the goals that I set are like gigantic. Like instead of me going, I would like to, you know, complete. Like when we talked to Tom O'Gorman, he was like, I have these goals for the season, which is you know to to complete these races in yep. this thing. And I never start with such reasonable goals. I'm like, I'm going to race cars. I definitely want to race in the Rolex 24. And that, that will be my baseline starting thing. will be so incredibly far off. And I've been like that since I was a kid. Um, you know, like I don't have teeny tiny dreams. I have like only gigantic, enormous, impossible to achieve dreams. I have the best and dreams. Really, yeah, I, I do. I have the best dreams. And that's in my personality. And I've always been like that since I was a kid. You know, you don't like, it's not, you know, I want to play high school baseball. Definitely want to play in the major leagues. Um, I have no skill set to do any of that, but, but nor the work ethic to achieve it. <laughs> sure, sure. But but by God, I've I have like giant things. So so goal setting. Once I realized, I, I got to a point in my life where I realized all my goals were ridiculous, and I had uh, I did not have the the desire to put the effort forward to achieve them. I sort of abandoned goal setting. Sure. Um, and I think I so, would even argue even looking at those billionaires and super successful people that you see and ask them what they did. I think that's like talking about that second type of desire that we talked about at the beginning of the show, which is desiring what the other person desires. Well, that's the second part of it because, because that, that what I found out with all these successful people is that thing always moves. Yeah. And this is the filling up the bucket thing, right? I've never met a person who has fairly significant wealth and has like has straight up earned it. Like went to college, got a job, built a company, you know, straight up made that wealth who got to a point and went, eh, that's it. That's good enough. I quit. Right. I mean, they, they never look at it and go, I have achieved this and they step aside and they're done. Things can always um, be bigger, yeah, people, can always be better. 
yeah, they're always trying. Nobody tries to quit succeeding. Yeah. You know, whatever their their mark of success is, everybody is is trying to fill up that bucket somehow. And so the the nature of goals is, you know, you know, set a goal for this. And the nature of those goals is a lot like we talked about, you know, like winning a race isn't enough. You don't just win a race and go home, put the trophy on your shelf and sell your car and be done with it. Um, any more than you achieve a goal and you're like, cool, I'm just going to watch TV for a while now. Um, that's, Nailed that's not it. really how that happens. Nailed it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got it. I'm the best. Now I got a hammock, and I'm just going to hang out. It's cool. But now I'm going to get a double-decker hammock, and that's going to be even better. That would be pretty awesome. So are we just left so with... I had po- what? I don't know what we're left with. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think... And that's one thing I, I really hope that comes out of this podcast is not our certainty or the answers that we... God, even I hope don't even try to to come up, but I hope we're able just to formulate good questions. It's like, how do you find what you truly desire? Right. I mean, if it's not desiring the desire of those we desire, because that's not something that's in our control. If it's right. not desiring what somebody else desires taking on their own wants and dreams and goals because those aren't ours. Those are just somebody that are near us. And if we don't define ourselves by what somebody isn't, that we desire to frustrate the people around us, that we are the anti-establishment or whatever that is. Like, So clear all that aside then. Like, if success is an illusion and desire and the work is all there is, like, how do you want to spend your time? How do you want to work? And those, I think that stops for me becoming material. It has to. I mean, because you can't material things just accumulate and go away and accumulate and go away. But under for me, I think it's got to be more about relationships or values or attitude. It's got to be something less tangible. I mean, that's in in to some respect, that's the whole nature of racing. We don't go like if it was just you going. I'm cool. I'm gonna go do laps at Gingerman. That's that's way different than racing at Gingerman. Yeah. Sure. Like if you showed up and the parking lot was empty and you unloaded your car, how many laps did you do before you were like, eh, I think I'm going to go home? You know, I don't, I mean, yeah. it, it wouldn't be zero because it's, it's still fun, right? Like, like it's still, it's neat to do this because I've had days at the, at the track with a motorcycle where I show up on like a Wednesday at 11 and it's, and it's me and it's only me and I'll go do 50 laps. And I'm like, that's pretty fun. And then I'll go home. But I can't only do that because it's it's way more fun when I show up at the track and there's like five other guys on motorcycles there. And I'm like, yeah, we get to go do motorcycle stuff with motorcycle guys and have fun. And yeah. and it's that way with, you know, with racing too. Like uh, to some extent, like, like DEs are fun. DEs are the most fun when you have other people around you driving with you. 
um, and you're kind of playing with other people in cars. Um, yes. If you're in a DE group where you go out and in your medium speed, so four guys drive away in front of you and three guys fall away behind you and you're just doing laps by yourself, that's way less fun. Yes. And I think the ultimate expression of that is a wheel-to-wheel -wheel race where we all go out in a group together and we're all trying to beat each other and and it's all this, this big, super fun game thing that we do. Um, and, and so it is, it's the activity of being around other people that share those same desires as us that makes, that makes them worthwhile at all. Um, because to do those, to do the activities, at least the activities that we do in isolation certainly detracts from them. They're, they're not nearly as interesting in isolation as they are with other people, which is why we race. Yeah. And ultimately, I think why the mood and culture of the paddock might be almost more important than what happens on track. Because we can all right. be going out there doing drift, doing wheel-to-wheel, -wheel, doing time attack, doing DE, uh, volunteering, whatever it is that you're there to do. But at the end of the day, we all get to hang out in a paddock together. Right. And form those relationships. So what, yeah, this would be an interesting one to, to get some feedback on from everybody. Like what, yeah, what, what is it that, what is the work the the, the daily grind? What is, what is the struggle that you, that you wouldn't mind just doing forever? Like what, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Because that's how you achieve success. You find that that thing that you're doing, that you're working at, that you would go do it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Yeah. And, and the, you know, to, to some extent, we feel like racing's like that, right? Like if if you told me that there was going to be a grid life every weekend, I would be ha it would it would be exhausting. But I'd be, I would cheer, I would cheer yeah. that, right? I would be like, awesome. I get to hang out with my buddies at the track every single weekend and race cars, and that's the best thing I've ever heard. And it's only the fact that, that life happens to be real and, and Adam has a, a limited ability to, to and a family. organize things for us. And a family and, and things a job. like that. They, yeah, that that keeps us from from living in a world where where we get to to do that. But but that sounds like that sounds like it would be an, an incredible success to me to be able to do that always. Um, but I would love to know. But what but what's I mean? Obviously, our we we may have listeners that are that that do GLTC that do Grid Life that agree with me. But for the people that don't, like, what is that thing yeah. that you want to go do? Um, that if that you get to do sometimes that you work on all the time, either you know physically or mentally, you know emotionally, you're working on it. That you would be like, yeah, if this Im immediately I got to do it every single weekend, I would be so happy I couldn't stand it. And that the results and what comes out of it are not important. Right. Yes. Right, because then you're successful because you found you you're doing that thing that you. That you love to do. Let us know. I I think we both would be very interested to hear. Absolutely. So we are track walking. 
you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Trackwalking Podcast. We are on the pretty much every podcast distributor by now, I believe. Um, so and finding us all over the place. So rate us, review us. Um, you know, let us know. We'll we'll be around. But um, yeah, for this evening, and we'll we'll talk to you all next week. I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. We are track walking. We'll see you next week. <laughs>